For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Catch us, the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinion. So my name's Tony Dunn, it's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Tonight's show is Build That Wall to Paradise. And uh, Cody, we're here because we've got a lot of cool things to talk about tonight. Marty Harney doing work in free agency. We continue to round out this roster you know, one week removed from last week's show, before we get into all the subscribe and all of that mess, Cody, are you excited about some Panthers football? I am stoked, brother. Listen, man, every Tuesday night, there's so much to talk about. When you think that there wouldn't be, the Panthers are making moves. Everyone's excited about the draft and draft prospects. Tonight is our very first Better Know a Potential Panthers draft pick segment. I'm excited, man. The chat room is lit. Jeremy Clancy, Legacy Lynn, all all the three. We're ready to go, man. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's talk some Panthers football. All right. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinion. We appreciate your support in the YouTube chat. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. If you're on Facebook, hit the like button. YouTube, wherever you're at, just go ahead and tell uh, a friend about the show. But most importantly, we want you to be a part of the conversation. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the Cat Calls line. We are going to be talking tonight a lot of uh, free agency, continued free agency, and uh, defensive scheme. Maybe we're seeing some signs that the Panthers are making a significant shift. So... Let's go ahead and jump into the show, Cody. We're going to go ahead and I'll open this up to you. Today, news broke that Bruce Irvin, former Seattle Seahawk, that's where you know him from his most disruptive days, did a couple of years at Oakland and a couple of games in Atlanta. Bruce Irvin signs with the Carolina Panthers, I think, in a much-needed sign. The Panthers were going into the draft at this point with an untenable situation. We talked about this, that the fact that the defensive line, while you have some guys in the middle, 
there was nothing on the ends, and it was going to be a lot to fill it all through the draft. So news today breaks. Bruce Irvin, where you at? Bruce Irvin is a Carolina Panther, and I am happy, man. I mean, listen, one of the things that you try and do in free agency is fill the holes that you have on your team. So that way you're able to go in the draft and take the best player available. And the recent signings by the Panthers have frankly done just that, man. Bruce Irvin is a – and I want to really emphasize this uh, because I think that it's important, and I don't think that it's been said enough. This is also a versatility move. So one of the things I want to emphasize is that Bruce Irvin has played in a 4-3 defense in Seattle, and he's also played in a 3-4 defense over in Oakland. So you're talking about a player that can play outside linebacker. Uh, He has position versatility. You see here in this tweet from Max Henson, Bruce Irvin says that he's going to play the linebacker and defensive end for the Carolina Panthers. And that's huge for us, man, because that really does mean that when Ron Rivera says that we're going to have different fronts on defense this year, you should believe him. He's not lying to you. Um, This further fits with that mantra that we want to be multiple on defense, really be able to confuse the opponent and, and show them different looks. And, and Irvin does that. Um, he was in the same draft class as our very own number 59, Luke Kickley. He uh, is a dominant player. And, you know, he had, uh, uh, I believe, six and a half sacks last year. I mean, he was a productive football player. So uh, I'm, I'm happy with this. I'm, I'm loving this move. Um, I, I, I don't know if this was on the radar for a lot of Panther fans, but it's definitely a welcomed addition. 31 years old, played, like we said, some time in Seattle, Oakland, and Atlanta. Bruce Irvin is an outside, and lists himself as an outside linebacker. Actually, go ahead and play that video, Cody, real quick, of Bruce Irvin addressing the little hype video he did. This is Bruce Irvin. I think this is through Panthers, panthers panthers.com or their Twitter, maybe. Yep. Here we go, right? Here we go. Bruce Irvin, outside linebacker, Atlanta, Georgia. It's Bruce Irvin with the sack. When Irvin's bearing down on you, you got to get rid of that ball. What's that Carolina part for you? It's a younger defense and, you know, an older guy, so I can kind of come in and get my hand on some of these younger guys and uh, show them how to really be a vet, not only on the field, but off the field also. It was just a great situation, perfect fit. Very straightforward guy, but I'm gonna give y'all my all, and I'm uh, I can't wait to be a part of it. Describes Boom. himself as an outside linebacker here, and then when you get then when you pair this, you're pairing the breadcrumbs and the information now. Like you see, Max Henson's tweet, the scheme that they are installing. That's what I'm used to. For me, the real story here is obviously. We needed so we needed some stability on the defensive line. We could not go into the draft just expecting to fill and plug those holes at end entirely through the draft. But for me, the big and interesting storyline coming out of this is that we are getting more and more validation that the Carolina Panthers are actually considering something more dramatic of a shift schematically than we first thought. 
Ron Rivera comes out earlier and says, yes, we want to mix up the looks. We are not, we are interested in doing some three, four things or at least integrating that into our defensive calls. You described it as versatility. To me, Cody, what I'm starting to think though is, is that the shift to a three, four defense may be more distinct and more, um, should we say like, uh, intentional and the commitment to that be more than I first expected. I thought that Ron Rivera was just saying we needed versatility to me right now. It looks like the Panthers are loading up in a way defensively that says, Hey, we're going to change the way we do things a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I know you and I talked a little bit before the show. We both kind of love this. Um, it, it really does represent something that we knock Ron Rivera on a lot, that Ron Rivera doesn't evolve very well. Um, he's uh, kind of, you know, you and I, or I believe I made the joke that, you know, uh, evolution for Ron Rivera is cutting the crust off of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's not something that he does very well. But the fact that we are really doing this, um, it opens up a lot of doors for us on different players that we're able to bring in. Uh, and, and I do, like I said, you know, this is a, a, such a good signing because he's not strictly one or the other. He is a player that's going to be able to do both. He's someone that can put his hand in the dirt and rush from the edge. But honestly, his best tape does come from the three forward defense rushing as an outside linebacker standing up. And listen, that's that's perfect, man. If he wants to come in and just be a a pass rusher, I kind of have a, a hunch that it's going to be sort of a a third down rusher. And age age isn't really a problem with him as it was Julius Peppers last year. But I definitely see him as someone that they're going to put in on third downs. Um, maybe him and Mario Addison, and uh, if we draft another player and have Luke and Shaq man the middle of the field. Um, this is an attempt to to absolutely move the quarterback out the pocket, hurt him, and uh, get the defense off the field. I, I love it. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the show. Go ahead and call in. We'll bring you in. Uh, right now we're going to bring in Cody from Roanoke. We're making it two Cody's. Uh, two Cody's versus <laughs> one Tony. And uh, what we've got here is that the Carolina Panthers – are trying to have made some distinct moves at this point when it comes to free agency today, the signing of Bruce Irvin. Cody, the news today, Cody from Virginia. C-O-V-A, what's up, my man? How you doing? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Full disclosure, I did call in as well, so I'm, I'm not trying to double dip, but that was before the Bruce <laughs> Irving uh, dropped. Uh, and so... Uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to call in because or I wanted to talk to you guys because um, if it had just been Bruce Irving, I would have been I'm not as excited about it. If it was two years ago, I'd have been thrilled. Right. Sure. That would have been unbelievable. Um, but when you add all the things and Tony, your your tweet earlier about all the things that Phil the Hearn has done um, is it, this offseason. It, it feels like he's really saving his job. Let's be honest. I mean, think about the value. I mean. Uh, let's be honest, uh, Paradis very easily could have been on the market for double the value that he is. I agree. You know, if you see what Buffalo did with uh, what's-his-face, their center up there, 
we got like, what is it? Triple the amount or something. It was insane. Um, and then you go, uh, and, and then you go to Darrell Williams, who I think any team, in my opinion, as much as offensive tackles are getting on the market was a steal as well. Um, if he had gone anywhere else, he would have gotten paid well above what he got paid here. Now, my opinion also would be that he's probably not getting the offer he was looking for. So this is his prove it year. Yeah. Um, but it still was probably more than what we were offering. Uh, but he didn't want to take a long-term deal at a smaller salary. So that's my guess, but that's an amazing value. Um, Bruce Irving, obviously uh, a killer value didn't hurt the cap at all. Um, it is interesting because I do feel like he's going to be a rotational guy, sort of like uh, Peppers, but um, I am thrilled when you think about all those things added up. No splashy plays, but Herney was on fire with the free agency, in my opinion. I mean, it's just I couldn't have asked for a better way of handling it with our cap situation. I think for me, Co- Cody from VA, and I hate to, well, now we got to we got to figure a way to distinguish the two <laughs> Cody's. Um, Just say Kovia. You can call me CK if you want. <laughs> there you go, CK. Is that you're right? Is that look? Is the Irvin signing by itself is nothing to go crazy about. In fact, the the first thing that people started to talk about is like, hey, this is something to be excited about. Two years ago, uh, that but some people are saying, look, if you look at the pro PFF Carolina or whatever the Pro Football mm-hmm. Focus from the Carolina, you know how they have that one tweet. They give they put out negative statistics, but then if you look at the writers from the Athletic, are talking about like how uh, well he did on such few snaps, particularly, and when he was in there, he was remarkably effective. For me, it's not whether or not there is if he himself is going to make this tremendous difference. There are two aspects to me that are at least intriguing, and the first is is that we could not sit back with the roster that we had. We knew that even if we did, say we didn't sign one defensive player, Paradis and Daryl Williams already make this a average, above average offseason. But this was a necessary signing. Not because he himself, but we needed something there. We could not walk into the draft this naked. The second part about this is, Again, I'm starting to wonder, are we really buying into this philosophical shift? So I'll start off with CK, then we'll go to Cody. How does it sound now when you have this personnel added, and then you start to think Dontari Poe could play over center, you could throw KK out there, he is athletic and disruptive enough to be an end in a 3-4 defense, and then maybe we still have Vernon Butler. There are, for some reason, this coaching staff has more faith in it than the Panther fans do. You put those three guys up and with their hands in the dirt. Then you put Mario Addison standing up. You put Bruce Irvin standing up. And now you've got Shaq and Luke Keekley playing linebacker. Tell me if all of a sudden, if that personnel doesn't sound a little suited for this shift now. I agree. I think wholeheartedly. And I think you see what Poe has done with other schemes. And I think he plays best over center. I think we can all agree about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I truly believe that knowing Ron Rivera will probably start out 
doing four three right right um, in the beginning of the season we'll throw in a few plays at three four and then he'll see the success that brings with the 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 personnel that we have on the field and I think that becomes a philosophical shift in how we play defense um, now the 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 point about all of those things added up I think what's most intriguing about all these additions is and and this is kind of getting off topic but is how it makes the draft completely up in the air about what can be happening. Like Cody likes to hear that. Yeah. I mean, there is no, there is not one person that can predict now what is going to be the next thing. It can very well be a tackle. It can still be a defensive end because let's be honest, Irving is still on the back end. We need somebody to develop. And so I'm intrigued with the prospect of trying to trade down in the draft, get three, get those final two spots from Oakland. If they, they still have that. I don't know if they traded those away or not. Um, that they have in the first round. And then we have three, you know, three picks within quick succession of one another. And then that offers so much more depth for much more value. Uh, Turn two picks into three, whereas we don't need now, once again, (laughs) purely hypothetical, but it is a scary concept to think about what our defense can look like. If we can get um, everybody healthy and we can get a safety back there in addition to Ed, um, you know, then that will be, uh, that would be a scary defense in my opinion. And it, it would be awesome. And you know, yeah. you, you sort of hit the nail on the head though, is that it really opens up what we're going to be able to do in the draft, because I don't think the Daryl Williams it, or even the uh, Matt Perry signing on top of that prevents us from taking an offensive lineman in the first round. Cause mm-hmm. Daryl Williams is only a one year deal. So uh, a left tackle is absolutely still in play. But also, Bruce Irvin doesn't take a defensive end off the board either. I mean, you you know, I told this to Tony. As a general manager, you want to be able to put yourself in the position to draft best player available. Fill all the holes that you can with the money that you have in free agency. And, you know, as someone that's been kind of down on, on Marty, you know, I, I do feel that he has done a good job at, at doing that by signing our own players at positions for depth. I'm talking Jared Norris and um, the the running back out of UNC uh, out of uh, UNC that we signed. And, and then also now these two picks in a row um, and uh, the, the cutting of Matt Khalil, which we haven't touched on yet. I mean, that would be, this has been something that I honestly didn't feel would happen. I didn't feel that we would be in the position to be able to take a best player available. But the, I think uh, an important thing to pinpoint is now maybe it isn't an offensive tackle. Maybe it isn't uh, a defensive end. Maybe if, you know, the vaunted DK Metcalf is on the board, maybe that's too much to pass up for the front office. Maybe a, a greedy Williams to pair back there with Dante Jackson and James Bradbury. Um, I, I really do think maybe Devin White to replace Bruce Irvin. I would love to replace Shaq. Yeah, yeah, put put him. I was about uh, to say linebacker, yeah. Yeah, put him and and Devin White right in the middle. You're never going to run the ball on this football team ever again. I promise you that. Um, Yeah, so I love this move, man. And, you know, for someone who's a draft nerd like myself, it makes things more fun because by the time you roll around the 16, you have no idea what's going to happen. You're not pigeonholed into having to take one position over another one. What we learned from uh, Dave Gettleman, 
for so much in his press conferences was he could, and sadly, I, I'm rooting for Dave Gettleman in a way because I love, he is so charismatic. But if you remember, he spoke one thing and then did another. And not he was actually remarkably yeah. honest. He was honest. But what he could not do at times was follow his own philosophy. And he said, he hit the nail on the head, you use free agency to set up the draft. It's such a beautiful quote. But then he said that that year, and then he let Norman walk, which is fine. You're going to do that. But then he drafted. He forced himself into drafting all those corners that year, the year that we got Bradbury, Daryl Worley, and also Zach Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, and only one of them worked out. But you forced yourself into a corner. And he lived and died. He did this at left tackle, too, until he signed Matt Khalil, which turned out to be a bust in its own. But he forced himself into a corner, heading into the draft, and you said it, CK, is that you are giving yourself versatility here. Cody has said it. I can't believe... I think that this is that you might not love any single move, but boy, has this been a balanced off season, and make that two balanced off seasons in a row for Marty Herney. I'm excited about this. I think that going into the draft, we don't feel pressure like we were, and we expected this. We expected, I'm saying, this defensive move, this rounds it out. This is the final part heading into the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I'm I'm interested in the, to know Cody's opinion on this. Um, uh, you know, everyone they they acquire what I call a draft crush. You see that one prospect, and you just think about him in a Carolina Panthers uniform, and you as you lay on your bed at night wondering, and they go, "Man, wouldn't that be sexy?" And like I said, I reiterate. That's why I do love this move right now because it does put us in a position to be able to do that. And I do give Marty Herney credit for that. But uh, so, Cody, uh, what, you know, before we kind of move on here, let me ask you, what direction do you see the Panthers going now in the draft? And do you have a certain position that you kind of want us to emphasize? And is there a player that you uh, maybe have a bit of a crush on uh, at this point in time, if you follow any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Zion Williams. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Zion, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still have a hard time not wanting to go for defensive end. Um, Understandable. You know, just because, to be fair, um, Addison's on his back back end of his career. You have Irving, who, if you want to consider him defensive end, you can. If you want to consider him outside linebacker, you can. But both of them are on the back end. And so I think we need, even if it just means getting somebody in to be a rotational player right now to learn the the learn the game and, 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 the, and the way that Ron Rivera coaches it and everything like that, then I'm fine with that. Um, but my... It's a hard question, man, because right now with yeah. that signing today, I would have said, and in the in the call I have later, I say defensive end, hands down, should be our pick in, at 16 since we 
handle the offensive line to some degree. Um, in my opinion, I think it brings back the offensive tackle at this point in time because we still need to shore up left side. Let's, let's um, go back to this. Is Think about this. On this show two and a half weeks ago, two, show, two full shows before this one, we didn't know about what was going to happen at center. There were continued questions at tackle uh, beyond Moten, right? And then, so what you go, and what we're going to do is shift the show now. We talked about Paradise last week. But you add them, you add him, all of a sudden it takes a little bit, it takes a lot of pressure off of you. We're thinking about going center, potentially, in the first round yeah. of the draft. Then you go, and out of nowhere... When I won't say out of nowhere is that I was, I mean, the, the Khalil thing, we we're all expecting the Khalil thing to happen, the post June, but no one was expecting Daryl Williams for us to be able to get another year out of him. This is, and in a way where you didn't have to pay him, uh, give him the moon or give him, uh, your, your firstborn child one year, $7 million. Uh, I guess I'm going to ask this. I'll open it to Cody. Cody, where do you have any concern that Daryl Williams be, was not getting the potential interest and uh, any concern about the knee there? Because I'm not. I think that even if he plays four games, that's a winning contract right there. I was so stunned we got Daryl Williams for this year. To to uh to Cody's on the show. Which one? Which one you talking you, to? Cody. You, Cody. I'm CK. He's okay. CK. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So I'm I'm entirely uh certain that Daryl Williams was not getting the type of contract money that he was looking to sign. Which, to be honest, can you blame any football team for not throwing the bag at Daryl Williams? You've seen the man play at a high level for one season, and then Panthers Twitter is completely in a war on whether or not uh. Daryl Williams is or isn't a good player. Um, so something I did want to mention, though, is that uh, there was a thread where Jordan Rodriguez kind of uh, led on to the possibility that Daryl Williams has the versatility that the coaches like enough that they might even consider Daryl Williams as a left guard this season, depending on, on how it falls um, in the draft, if it took a tackle or, or what have you. Um, so, you know, I think there's this tendency to say Daryl Williams is going to play a right tackle, and now Taylor Moten is going to be on the left side. And maybe that's true, maybe it isn't. I do know Taylor Moten was a phenomenal right tackle last year. He was graded out better than Daryl Williams was during his all-pro season. And I'm just of the mindset that if you have a player that's dominant at a specific position, then I'm I'm in favor of letting them stay at that position. Um, however, I know left tackle is coveted. I'm sure Taylor Moten wants left tackle money. Um, so listen, overall, I'm well, happy he's about not, Yeah, but Taylor Moten isn't going to be talking money anytime soon. He's played a half a season for the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to turn the mic over to CK on this. Yeah. I'm going to read this uh, from Panthers Guide FSU 23. So many people in the YouTube chat. I'm going to get to you guys' thoughts and opinions. He says this, thought Williams would be gone. Khalil would still be here. Didn't see Paradis or Irvin coming. Thought Hood and Reed might be gone. 
And now I think this is that the story, and I'm going to CK here, the story of this balanced offseason that we so often forget starts with sign and read for that $7 million contract where then free agency explodes and these these safeties are getting stupid money. So in thinking about Reed, now, to me, the Daryl Williams signing, while there is some risk, he there's a lot of risk. He's never been healthy, right? He's had one good season. People are critical of his tape, but there is less risk with Daryl Williams than nothing. I am yeah. shocked about the Daryl Williams signing CK. I think this might be the grab for us, even if he does play guard. Maybe if he plays right tackle, who cares? Big deal for Herney. Oh, I I I agree wholeheartedly. I I really thought he was priced out of our uh, out of our cap space. I didn't think we were going to have a shot in hell. Um, if I'm being quite honest and blunt about it. Um, you know, and, and even when you add in the read thing, I mean, at this point in time, I have no complaints about Herney. I mean, he had a phenomenal draft last year, um, you know, and, and, you know, hopefully this year we get another phenomenal draft. Uh, the value he has gotten and the players he's gotten with what we have is astronomical as far as good. Um, it's not a bunch of star power, but I, neither was our 2015 team. You know, if you look back at 2015, there was no star power. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. Uh, Daryl Williams, definitely the seal of it all. I think that he very clearly could have gone for more. He probably got better offers, but they were long-term and not to the uh, long-term amount that he wanted. So he probably wanted to do a prove it year, in my opinion, if I had to guess. Giant shout out to Susan Dean and Michael Jones, big contributors to the show, both coming in with $20 contributions to the C3 Panthers podcast. That's a phenomenal as we go into this offseason. We're trying to keep this broadcast growing. I've already got a special t-shirt of brewing. So these contributions help us to continue to build the show. Thank you to you guys. Cody, I will ask you this now is that just last point on what moving on for Matt Khalil. Let's talk about that for a moment, a moment. What does this mean for this team? Matt Khalil, this kind of shat. I'm our, I'm starting to think this is who is left over from the Gettleman era. Is that Shaq is on the final deal. Funches has walked. I'm starting to think the last elements other than like I guess Christian McCaffrey in that draft is Vernon Butler, Shaq Thompson and that's it Kevin Short oh well yeah, yeah. Short. well keep him, uh, we'll keep him yeah yeah keep him, he's, he's pretty good, which by the way there's a propensity of people on Twitter trying to uh, push forth this narrative that K1 is trash all of a sudden oh no, 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 it's, no, it's, no. It's, it's hard to be it's hard to be a good defensive tackle when you're basically, uh, you know, by yourself. You said it, yeah, yeah, when you're by, by yourself, yourself. And, and, and you don't have a whole lot to work with. Um, yeah, man, especially in light of what David Gettleman is doing up in New York, man, I am happy to see the old mafia boss uh, in a different city that is not my beloved Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, 
I mean, I, listen, man. Yeah, and I've been I've been a Dave Gettleman defender, and you can attest to that. You know, I've I've been someone that have that kind of you know is isn't as hard on him as other people have been. But um, yeah, listen, I have to give uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, I was a hundred percent expecting that Matt Khalil was going to be our left tackle, and he was going to be given another chance to prove that he would be healthy going into next season and that he would man Cam Newton's blind side. And I, I felt they were going to let him have that chance. But uh, apparently now they do see that, um, you know, that that isn't that, that, that was never going to work. And now that they feel they have to address that position either in the draft or they're going to put Taylor Moten there, either or it has to be an upgrade from, from Matt Khalil. Uh, he had no fans in this chat room or on this show. Not very many fans at all. And Tony, I know you and I uh, tried to be forgiving of Matt Khalil. A lot of people didn't like Matt even when we signed him. And uh, you and you and I uh, were, you know, wanted to see if he would pan out and be the kind of player that we thought the the coaches and Dave Gettleman at the time thought he would be. And uh, that just never happened. So. Sayonara to him. I'm happy that him and his brother got paid and get to walk off into the sunset, but you're not protecting number one no more. So I'm happy. Yeah, it's an it's an addition by subtraction, right? Uh we are Cody, we are this is the C three Panthers podcast. Cody's producing the show. Let's go ahead and bring in our guest tonight, Aaron Freeman, uh at Falk Fans. I'm gonna introduce him as soon as his camera gets up and rolling. Guys, uh, we appreciate you supporting the show. The number's 252-228-5098. The chat room is blowing up right now. I'm so excited at this point. We are building this show each and every week. And we've got our guest tonight, Aaron Freeman, at Falk Fans, host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. Aaron, you've been coming on the show intermittently since we were just a baby, baby doing a Google Hangout like five or six years ago. Thanks for coming back on, man. Yeah, man. It's been a while since I've been able to join the show. I know, you know, doing the Lockdown podcast uh, has been keeping me pretty busy over the last couple of years, but uh, glad to be back. So we brought you on tonight because the Panthers uh, have have stolen away someone who came in and contributed a little bit to the Atlanta Falcons towards the end of the season. Bruce Irvin, the Panthers announced the signing of a one-year deal from him. Last year, we snaked Dontari Poe. People warned us that we would not be uh, pleased with him. At least the, the Falcons fans were saying that. Maybe they were right for last year. We're hoping things improve here. But we brought you on to get a feeling for Bruce Irvin. What, can, what did he do for you guys last year? What are your impressions Give us a little uh, outline of what happened today for the Panthers, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because the Panthers seem to be snatching a couple of guys. You got F.A. Obata, who used to be with the Falcons on the practice squad a couple of years. He, he turned I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, Bruce Irvin, the Falcons brought him in at the midpoint last season to sort of help in, increase their pass rush. Uh, at the time, the Falcons had just, you know, after they got off to a slow start last year, one and four, they had won three straight games going into the bye week and sort of they brought in Bruce Irvin thinking he would be sort of the guy that would help uplift their defense and pass rush. 
in the second half of the season and get them on track to, you know, making a playoff run. They came out of the bye week basically losing like five out of their next six games. So that, that you know, went <laughs> kaput. I'm sure you guys are very familiar with that. Um, I'm sure you guys enjoyed that last year. But, uh, Don't worry, he, we had our own really problems, bro. Whole... We had our own problems. <laughs> uh, you know, the thing with Urban, like, at first he didn't really do a whole lot because they were trying to get him up to speed, um, even though he was playing in the same scheme that he played in under Dan Quinn in Seattle. Um, but over the last, like, month of the season, he, he started to come on strong and be a little bit more of a force as a pass rusher. He sort of dabbled a little bit as a linebacker and defensive end for the Falcons. Uh, brought a little juice as a pass rusher, added some value as a run defender. I think the versatility that Irvin has is an asset for him because he can, you know, if you want him to play some linebacker, drop in the coverage a little bit, cover some tight ends and whatnot, he can do that. Obviously, his his, his main feature is being able to bring some pass rush uh, off the edge. So, you know, I, I think he'll, you know, add to the rotation with the Carolina, you know, I don't think you guys are paying him nearly as much as you paid Don Terry Poe. So I don't think the expectations are going to be too high. And I think he'll wind up, you know, surpassing those and contributing. What do you say the when you say the Dan Quinn scheme from Seattle, right? Give us a little insight into how he would ideally like to use Bruce Irvin. Like you said, in those back ends, is it... Is he trying to run a scheme where you've got more guys standing up than their hands in the dirt? Because the Panthers right now are talking about uh, they've floated out the idea of a shift to a 3-4 defense where Ron Rivera has coached a 4-3 defense. We've All we've ever had is a 4-3 defense and since like 1999, I think we ran a 3-4 Tell us a little bit about what you think that Dan Quinn, what you mean by the Dan Quinn scheme in Seattle. Well, you know, the, the scheme is, is technically called the four, three under, and it's kind of like a hybrid three, four, four, three in a, in a lot of ways because of where players line up, it can sort of easily switch to like a three, four look, but it always sort of has those four, three principles. When you, when you hear people talk about, you know, having that one gap scheme, where you know each defender in the front seven has one gap that they're responsible for against the run and whatnot. So with Irvin, you know his ideal role, what he did in Seattle as well as Oakland, and then again in Atlanta, is playing that strong side linebacker spot in that four-three under front, which typically means he's going to play up on the line of scrimmage. He's going to stand up, but he's going to wind up, um, you know, being asked to set the edge against the run, and uh, you know when they play their sort of zone coverages, he'll drop and cover the flat and whatnot. Um, and typically what he would do not only in Seattle, Oakland, and, and then again in Atlanta is in sort of those passing situations on those nickel downs, he would put his hand in the dirt and, and play sort of, you know, your traditional defensive end role and rush the edge. And so that's kind of where Irvin brings you value. So like on first and second down, he can play linebacker, help you out against the run. If you're going to blitz, as Carolina often does, he can give you value there. And then on third downs, he can put his hand in the dirt and get after the quarterback as a you know traditional defensive end and give you value there. So it's really his versatility that is an asset because he can play a, a, a variety of roles for you. Aaron, how pleased with the Falcons and the Falcons fans when they're brought in, Bruce? 
last year? And, and do they feel that he basically served the purpose that he was brought in to do? And, and did, did he do his job adequately for um, – did, did you guys uh, trade for him or was he signed before the season? No, I think it was he mid-season was released. It, yeah, he was cut right after the trade deadline because I think Oakland okay. was trying to shop him and then they couldn't get anybody to take him and they cut him like th- right after the trade deadline. Um, and so people were excited. A lot of Falcon fans were really excited about Bruce Irvin. I personally wasn't because like I just didn't really like a lot of what he did in Oakland. I just thought he was kind of, you know, he, he like the Falcons pass rush was so bad last year that, you know, I could have come in and helped him out a little bit <laughs> there. Um, but like, so anybody would have been an upgrade over what they had, but I didn't necessarily see Irvin living up to sort of the, the hype that was coming when he, he came to Atlanta. But I do think by the end of the season, particularly over those last like three or four games where we saw the Falcons pass rush uh, make big leaps forward with improved play from Tack McKinley and, and Bruce Irvin and some other guys, I do feel like he did exceed expectations uh, to a certain, or at least he certainly exceeded my expectations. Um, so I, I do feel like he he did kind of live up to the hype for the for the most part. All right, fantastic. There now, uh, let's just now let's turn the mic over a little bit to just overall while we got you here to pick your brain about the Atlanta Falcons. We've been asking about uh, so much about the relationship of players leaving and coming to Carolina, but where are you guys? Cause we have been so tuned in to our own free agency. What are the Falcons? I feel like, I guess friend, was it a franchise tag for that defensive tackle? Or I, I actually, I would just say this is that I felt like all I've heard is that the Falcons have no money and they've been very quiet. Well, that's pretty much what's happened. I mean, they, they <laughs> tagged Grady Jarrett, the defensive tackle that you're talking about, and that sort of took a lot of their money away. They were able to move around some of Matt Ryan's money to create some space so they could go out and get some help on the offensive line, which they did by signing uh, James Carpenter, the guard from the Jets, and Jamon Brown, the guard from the Giants. Um, and they're hoping that those two guys can, you know, add a, you know, they're, I think they're combined like two, 600 and, 60 pounds or something like that. So they're hoping that they can sort of beef up the um, the run game and, and give them some size and some, you know, physicality up the middle uh, on that offensive line and help solidify that uh, moving forward. But other than that, that's really all the Falcons have done. This They added a couple of blocking tight ends. You know, that that's not going to really move the needle as, as far as anything goes. So they've been mostly quiet and they got nine draft picks so they can – somewhat afford to be a little bit patient in free agency because they know they can fill a lot of holes in in the draft. Um, they got two compensatory picks in the fourth and fifth round, so they can get some quality depth in those rounds. So, you know, they've been mostly quiet. I, you know, I think a lot of people are sort of hoping for them to add some more pass rushers, like, you know, to potentially replace a guy like Bruce Irvin. It doesn't seem likely that the Falcons are going to do that in free agency and maybe wait till the draft, but we'll have to sort of see. Uh, they, they typically do, you know, start pretty slow in free agency. They wait to maybe pick up a couple of bargains in the second wave of free agency. So that, that may still be a possibility. We'll see what this week brings. I'm going to give the mic to my co-host and one after I ask two player-specific questions. ECU, former ECU Pirate Justin Hardy, is he, I know he was a free agent. Is he walking? And two, 
What's the deal with Vic Beasley? Oh, uh, the Vic Beasley. I don't know if I can keep that one short. Uh, there's so much <laughs> to going on with Vic Beasley. Um, Justin Hardy, he's a free agent. He's not expected back. Basically, you know, he, he's been a guy that I've him. been a big – Yeah, I, I've been a big fan of and I've been disappointed that the Falcons really didn't utilize in the last three years. That They basically gave all his snaps to Mohamed Sanu, who's, been, you know, been – a solid starter for the Falcons, right. but it, they they were just basically played the same role in that as that slot receiver, and and you can't really, you know, maximize both of those guys. And they chose Sanu for reasons, uh, obvious reasons, and uh, you know Hardy sort of went by the wayside. So my hope is that he gets an opportunity with somebody else and gets the opportunity that he never really had in Atlanta over the last three years. As for Beasley, I mean, look. Uh, a couple of years ago when he led the NFL in sacks, I felt like his production was inflated at the time. I remember getting a lot of heat from Falcon fans being called a, a hater or whatever, you know, as it were. But it was just one of those things where it didn't seem like it was success that could be repeated. Um, I think he's a competent pass rusher, but, he, you know, I don't think he's lived up to the hype that being a top 10 pick and, you know, leading the NFL in, in sacks with 15 and a half in the second season that that brought and he's just kind of settled into being just a run of the mill five, six sack guy these last couple of years and are bringing him back at an inflated price uh, going into his fifth year option, almost making 13 million dollars this year, all of it guaranteed. And, you know, the Falcons seem to be of the mindset that there's still some untapped potential in him, that they can get that guy that led this NFL in sacks a couple of years ago back in, in 2019. A lot of Falcon fans, including myself, are very skeptical of that possibility. But we'll have to see how it plays out. And hopefully, you know, he, he does the thing where it's a contract year and he comes out and, and you know, plays hard and, and has this great outstanding season. And then next year when he's getting overpaid by some other team. The Falcons will be like, well, we got, you know, two good years out of them, and uh, we'll take it, I guess, if, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. So two questions here for you, man. And, and again, thank you for joining us tonight, man. It's awesome to pick your brain on our, on our, on our division rival. But um, so I, I'm a big-time Clemson fan, die hard. You probably see the championship banner behind my head. Uh, and, uh, you know, I could have talked about Vic Beasley, but I actually want to ask about Grady Jarrett because that seems to have been a real gem for the Atlanta Falcons that you guys were able to pick him up. And I know just recently you put the franchise tag on him. Well, what is your, in your opinion, the status on Grady Jarrett? Is that the type of tag where they want to put it on him to make sure it doesn't go nowhere? But in the end, they actually would like to sign him maybe even before the season starts. Or is this actually one of those deals where they're just trying to get all the bang for their buck that they can for one more year before he inevitably becomes a you know a top three paid defensive tackle in the NFL? And it's a great question because you never know today in the NFL because it seems like some teams do it in one way and the other teams do it the other way. I feel like based off of everything the Falcons have said, and they typically don't you know yank your chain when they 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 say things publicly. Uh, as an organization, they've been talking about re-signing Grady Jarrett since last summer. They've been talking about going into this offseason. He's going to be one of the top priorities for this team. So I feel reasonably confident the team does want to bring him back. Um, the question, I think, is really just the money. 
And there's been a lot of rumors that he's been asking for Aaron Donald money. I don't really buy those rumors. Oh. I feel like he's asking for Kwan short money. And, uh, okay. you know, I think he has a good case to say that he deserves that type of money. And I think part of the problem is because the Falcons have so many other players coming up on contracts in the next couple of years with guys like Julio Jones getting a new deal. Deion Jones is coming to the end of his rookie contract. Uh, Keanu Neal is coming to the end of his rookie contract. You guys saw the huge dollars that, you know, guys like CJ Mosley got this offseason and uh, Landon Collins got this offseason. So those guys' price tags just spiked hugely when when they're going to be at the negotiating table. So I, I feel like the Falcons are trying to get the best bargain they can on Grady Jarrett now. So in order to save some money for doing, you know, those deals later. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why they haven't been able to come to an agreement with Grady Jarrett so far. But uh, at this point in time, I'm reasonably confident um, that, you know, by the time we get to July, that July 15th deadline, where most of these franchise deals get done, if they ever do get de- done, I feel reasonably confident that something will get done by that point in time. But uh, we'll have to sort of cross that bridge when we get to it. Cool, cool. Well, as you might know, and I'm sure you're excited for it as well, the NFL draft is right around the corner. Pro days are in full swing. Uh, you know, the 30 personal player visits, that, that's all going on right now. Um, this is kind of a two-part question. One, in your mind from what you've seen and kind of what you've heard in, out there in the ether, uh, what do you think the Panthers, I mean, excuse me, the Falcons are really going to try and tackle and address in this year's draft class? And number two, basically selecting two picks ahead of us in every round, uh, are you prepared to basically steal every prospect that the Panthers really, really, really want? Yeah, well, I'm, that's going to be one of the silver linings that, you know, <laughs> I, I think the Falcons are going to be looking at some trench players. I know the Panthers are probably looking to help grow their offensive line this offseason oh, and yeah. get some pass rushers as well on the edge to to go along with Bruce Irvin, get some youth there. Um, so I feel like those are the two areas the Falcons need, too. So I, I feel like there's going to yeah. be a couple of guys where if, if I'm watching your guys' draft show, uh, you're going to be cursing when the Falcons are picking a, a player uh, ahead of you guys. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the Falcons will be focused on their offensive line. They'll be focused on their defensive line, probably getting help both at defensive end and D-tackle this year early in the draft. And then, you know, later in the draft, try to fill out some depth at some other areas. Perfect. All right, you're listening. That was That's Aaron Freeman at Falk Fans, host of Locked on Falcons podcast. Aaron, I know you do a lot of writing as well. Tell everybody how they can follow you. I appreciate it. And before you even say that, man, I hope we can get you on for 10 or 15 minutes on that draft show night. Sneak you away from your computer and your writing and your Google Doc or your Word and get them up in here and chop it up with us because we have a good time. Where can they follow you? Yeah, Tony, man, I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, you know, I think we've done it the last couple of years. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'll try to find 10 minutes out of my uh, busy Thursday night cursing whoever the Falcons wind up picking because they always pick somebody that you know, <laughs> makes no sense to me at the time. And then eventually you, you turn around, you know, like, oh, yeah, that Calvin Ridley, he actually was a pretty good draft pick. Um, but uh, you, people can find me, you know, doing daily podcasts, you know, four or five days a week on the Lockdown Falcons podcast. They can find that pretty much on any podcast platform they, they see. They can find me on the Falcon Central Radio podcast, um, which you can find at profootballcentral.com um, and YouTube and Facebook and all these other places. 
And, uh, you know, currently the site is down for, you know, some technical issues, but uh, eventually it will be back up at falcfans.com uh, where they can see my writing and, and other contribution dealing with the Falcons. And of course, they can find me on Twitter at falcfans. That's F A L C F A N S. Um, so there you guys have it. And uh, check me out. Give me my hot Falcons takes uh, yeah. every day. Oh, he's not hot. He, he does uh, never gives a hot take. And I tell you this is that uh, <laughs> greatest long form writing you're going to find is that I've read that, some articles that I feel like, damn, this mug must be eight pages long. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I, and I've been like, I'm going to read this mug. I'm mad. I'm going to read it, though. But nah, thanks a lot, Aaron, man. We are glad to have you on the show. All right, let's keep going, Cody. Uh, is that what we've got now is that ultimately, um, well, I'll, I'll ask you this one simple question. After what you've heard now about the schematic, I, I like this, is that the idea is hybrid form. Like you said, it's a instead of just yeah. mixed looks, a 3-4-4-3, three, four, four, three, what we're really talking about is situational almost and i know that that's about the same but what is is it's not an either or he's he's an end he's a linebacker he's neither nor and he's both so you hear that you have paradise coming in there what we talked about with ck earlier was how this is set up the draft my question is is cody herney <laughs> I mean, listen, man, after today, only for today, because I don't want to live in the heat of the moment, but for today and for this podcast, I got to say, oh, Miss O'Hearney, <laughs> me like, me like, yeah. <laughs> listen, man, Um, uh, so this is what I said to you, and this is what I'll say online on the show. Uh, I am not going to give. Marty Herney, my 100% guaranteed approval, my stamp of approval, until after I feel he nails this draft. And again, everything's subjective. Like Aaron was just saying, you know, people have players that you really want to draft, and then inevitably your team never does. Um, so, you know, I wasn't uh, happy with the uh, DJ Moore pick last year, and I think D, uh, DJ is going to be a great player for us. So, um, with that said, though, I feel this is such a good draft for us to be able to fill some needs on this team, on the defensive line, the offensive line, and just flat out on the team, period. Put some good players in position. So, uh, I'm not 100% on board yet, but yes, I will give the man credit. He has me feeling a little bit herny, baby. If trust is something that is earned... He is making, at least, making some very good gestures towards you, right? Is that yeah. he is doing, what, we're, what we hear is this, is again, or what I saw was balance. This is a balance, yeah. is that, look, is that you see guys slinging money around, you see guys trying to prove their worth, whatever it may be. You've got Marty Herney, who's on the hot seat. You've got Ron Rivera, who's on the hot seat. It's either really they have a great season or they're both gone. 
yeah. and and that's the truth is that is that if they don't both have a great season, I mean, we're talking 10, 11 type wins, or we're at least talking a division championship is going to be necessary to save both of their jobs because of all the baggage that comes along with them. What we have here is is that Herney, with all of that, the the tendencies, the fear you could have to try to overcompensate, he's really just delivering solid, strong. He's done it two years in a row. Little miscalculation last year when it comes to the age of the defense. But, you know, you're limited. You're limited to what you got and what's available at the time. I'm excited about what Marty Herney's doing um, and we're going to keep going. Let's, it's time now to find out what you guys want to say about this. We're going to go to the cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098 because I know you guys have a ton of stuff to say. And we don't want to just duplicate it. This is the podcast by fans for fans. So jump in into that line. Thank you, says who you, for the donation in the YouTube That's chat. my friend TJ from Twitter. Thanks to you, TJ. That's awesome. Showing the love. Man, fantastic. Here's your cat calls on the number one Panthers podcast. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his The Mac Khalil has left us, and it made me so happy that it inspired me to write a poem entitled Ode oh. to Mac Khalil. Enjoy, Panther. Goodbye, Mac Khalil, left Takil, human turned stone. <laughs> so sorry you were off injured, but what we saw could no longer be endured. The only way <laughs> for this to be cured was to cut you. Take away your great size as we keep our eyes on the prize and not our demise. Good luck on your onward journey. Thank you to Marty Herney for releasing us from this gentleman jinx, which everyone thinks was going to lead us to disappear down sinks, flushing our prime talent away. Luke, Cam and KK, DJ, Dante, McCaffrey and Eric. All the best, big man. We hope you thrive. Depart with a high five, though I fear you'd whiff it. Regards, Panther fans. Keep pounding. All right. First of all, that's so, oh! that is so phenomenal. We have to listen to it again. We have to listen to this one more time. This has got a lot of layers to it. <laughs> Holy cow, Rich Kingston coming strong. Kingston. Goodbye, Matt Khalil, left Takil, human turned stale. So sorry you were off injured, but what we saw could no longer be endured. The only way for this to be cured was to cut you. Take away your great size as we keep our eyes on the prize and not our demise. Good luck on your onward journey. Thank you to Marty Herney for releasing us from this gentleman jinx, which everyone thinks was going to lead us to disappear down sinks, flushing our prime talent away. Luke, Cam and KK, DJ, Dante, McCaffrey and Eric. 
All the best, big man. We hope you thrive. Depart with a high five, though I fear you'd whiff it. Regards, Panther fan. Keep pounding. Hey guys, it's uh, Cody up here in Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's just adjust that. Is that yeah, right now we've got uh, Aldley saying dope rhymes, dope rhymes in the chat room. Boy, I mean, look, you've got, we are saying, <laughs> right now, it's like, it's like an angel song right there. The limericks, right? That was like Milton. How about that? I'm dropping an old English beautiful poet on you, Rich Kingston. That's like a Milton-esque poet, poetry right there. I'm excited. Cody, holy cow, <laughs> you know that Panther Nation is is pumped up about Matt Khalil hitting the road. Listen, man, one of my, my, my best followers on Twitter is Rich Kingston. Him and I go back and forth all the time. And listen, man, Rich got bars, son. Straight bars, man. Let's go. I love that. Uh, and, you know, not a word of it was untrue, man. Uh, Rich absolutely killed that. Dare I say, that might be one of our best calls ever, man. That, yeah. that was fantastic. And I, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. The English accent... Made it all the better, man. It when made he said it Matt Khalil is our Taquil, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> or, or when he said Taquil, I was like, I love this already. Thank you, Rich. That was fantastic. We, I am so stoked. I watch your draft, your your mock drafts all the time when you said them, and I'm like, I wish I knew more about this. I'm deferring to you and Cody on it. We're going to keep going through the C3 Panthers podcast. Roland Strong, the number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to CK. We've already heard from him once tonight. Hey, he's dropping in on the cat calls. It's been a while since I called in, took a break from calling, just been listening. Uh, just wanted to, I guess, talk about the free agency and, you know, just uh, get back on the show for a second. Um, like, say hi to C3 podcast. Say hi. Say hi, Tony. Hey, hi, Cody. And if, uh, if the freaking Puerto Ricans there say, hi, freaking Puerto Rican. No, he's not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, She's like, I feel that's funny. Call in. And, yeah. Uh, that's a trick. Know, comment on what we've been to see so far. Uh, obviously, we, uh, I'm, I'm happy about Paradise. Uh, Paradise. His Twitter handle, handle is the best I've ever seen. Two dice. It's two, uh, two dice, right? Uh, and, uh, so paradise. Anyway. Um, but, uh, anyway, so I just wanted to, uh, say I like that signing. Um, kind of glad they signed Daryl War, uh, Williams. He, honestly, I feel like he could have gotten more on the market. Um, or maybe he had offers for more. I don't know, but it'd be interesting to find that information out. But, uh, I mean, I, in my opinion, it's kind of a steal. I think that there's a lot of the people that got flyers. Forgive me, that's my son. He's two and a half. Um, the people that got flyers, uh, you know, they got paid ridiculous play. They got paid a ridiculous amount. Were probably, I, w I would say, a bigger risk than Daryl was. So, I mean, the fact that he, we got him for as cheap as we did was actually pretty amazing. Um, Glad Khalil's out. Not that uh, you know, I wish him ill will, but that dude's 
on the back end of his career. As young as he is, I know, but he's just that was a big mistake and glad to get him out, get that contract out from underneath him, even though there's a lot of dead money. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the draft and I liked the idea I heard somebody say trade with Oakland for our 16th pick and take their two later first round picks. And then that way, with this short succession, we have three picks, um, two in the first round, one in the second round, um, that are in quick succession, and just shore up that offensive line, get some, you know, get the defensive line going. Um, now, if we pick at 16, it better be a defensive end. I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not value in a guard, but it better be a defensive end. Um, if we can get a tackle uh, at a later round that can contribute, we can get some depth by having more draft picks, but if we're going to pick at 16, it better be one of those defensive ends because this is a stacked defensive, uh, defensive end draft, so, or defensive draft. But uh, anyway, guys, I think I'm coming up on my time. Uh, you have a good one. Keep pounding. All right, man. Thanks, CK, for the call. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. A lot to be excited about, particularly. One of the crazy things is is that when you're excited to pay someone to leave, and that's how I feel about Matt Khalil is that like, look, is that I was not overly critical about the signing, even though everybody was right and said he was trash. The thing that when we signed Matt Khalil, the very thing I was happy about at the time is that we were at least trying. We were trying to get a left tackle after we had put out uh, Michael Orr and, and Michael Orr was the best one out of all of them. But he had been cut with a foot injury. We had uh, Byron Bell and, over and there. Concussion. Yeah. Remember he had that concussion forever that no one ever knew where, when it happened? So, like, is that I just felt like at least you were making an effort, Gettleman, in trying to do it. Was it bad? It was terrible. It turns out Matt Khalil was probably one of the worst left guards ever to wear a Panthers jersey. And here's the reason why, Cody, is that you got a coach who comes out and defends him and says that he has to get used to Cam Newton's drop back more. That's what he said. He probably said that like 10 times in in that first year. Like, well, he's still trying to learn Cam Newton's drop back. Screw Cam Newton's drop back. Why don't you learn about trying to block the asshole in front of you? That's what I was going to say. But I'm glad Matt Khalil's gone. It's addition by subtraction. That mug fleeced us for a bunch of money. But hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah. Listen, how about uh, instead of learning Cam, how about you learn how to kick set? Uh, how about you learn your assignment? I will never forget that game uh, uh, it, here in Charlotte. New Orleans came to town. And it was early. We drove all the way down the field. And right by the red zone, Matt Khalil just completely whiffed on the block of Cam Jordan. And Cam Jordan just laid into Cam, man. Just absolutely terrible. Yeah, listen, man. And look, him and his brother made a lot of money. Matt Khalil will probably never play football ever again, if we're being honest. Oh, he'll probably so, get like $20 million from some asshole. Because that's how on, bad, that, that's how desperate the world is 
for tackles. He but sucks. I should have said hit the road, though. Matt. And don't you come back. No mo, no mo, no mo, no mo. Here's something else to mention, though. Maybe the physicals had something to do with this, too. Maybe he still wasn't healthy from whatever the hell was ailing him uh, that caused him to miss all of last season. And maybe there was just no point in us even considering this, oh, will he, won't he type of left tackle. So, I mean, we honestly don't know. But um, listen, man, the fact of the matter is he is no longer our left tackle. So that's cause for celebration, my man. Happy with it. Happy, happy with it. All right. Um, let's go in. Let's go to the next cat call. And uh, you can bring in Cody from C. Bring in CK if you'd like, Cody. Yeah. Yo, C3 fam. Josh from Mav. Man. You know. We all, I thought, I thought we were playing Khalil this year. I thought this is it. I know, uh, I've seen a lot of people have that opinion that, that the man, he's going to have to play. But now, he ain't even going to stay. He's gone. And, my God, I was at work when I got the notification over my phone. I about fell the hell down. I about fell over. One of my coworkers had to grab me and say, you okay? And I'm like, no. I'm great. I'm excellent. <laughs> and of course, I have to explain to somebody who don't watch and care for football what it just happened. Were you but crying no, tears of joy, Josh? I think if we do a question, what we're going to do as far as uh, our tackle situation. But um, really, it, it doesn't matter because it can't get any worse than that, at least as far as the combined cap hit along with the lack of, of, of solid performance of any kind. And, uh, you know, it just disappointing. So uh, glad he's gone. And then today, we get the news uh, that there's, uh, there's a signing we made today. We got Bruce Irvin. Uh, I know a lot of people are under the opinion that he might, you know, his best years might be behind him or whatnot. But I think at the very least, we, we've got a rotational guy. Uh, can really contribute not only that, but he's got some versatility in him. He, he can play the three four. He can run the four three. Um, so I'm happy to see that. And we re- we re-signed Daryl Williams. Um, actually, didn't see that coming. And then it was two days after. Yeah, it was like Thursday Thursday last week. I think when that came down, that happened. That was a pleasant surprise. A um, little disappointed that we haven't done anything with uh, Mr. Kyle Love, but. You know, you can't keep them all, especially in a year like this where we're, we're not quite in cap hell, um, but it, it, well, really we were. But Hernie, man, Hernie, we, a lot of us love to hate on the man, but I, I got to give it to him. He has Tetris his way through the salary cap situation in this free agent period and just made some, not big splashes, but some reasonably good size skips across the pond. Um, ah, snap, I'm running out of time again. This happens every time I call. That's why I just hang out the chat, <laughs> y'all. So I'll see y'all in the chat. <laughs> All right, Josh from Mass. Look, fantastic call, though. And I like the analogy of not big splashes, but skips across the pond. And CK's back with us. And I want to let's just continue to build on 
the Matt Khalil discussion here is that when you pair this with Daryl Williams and that now we have finally, it's like we are, it, it feels like the Panthers are making some decisions at this point. Is that that's where I feel like our our staff has been struggled? Is that we have guys that we're rooting for, we have guys that we want, but they can't ever go a certain direction. Devin Funches is going now to the Colts, right? We we are making distinct moves here. Matt Khalil goes by the wayside. There is no more Amini Silatulu. CK, I guess, or is is Colin Jones the only indecision <laughs> remaining? But ultimately, let's go back to Matt Khalil here. Is that this does seem like a step that was necessary? Um, I agree. I'm glad to see moves being made. I would challenge the fact that moves haven't been made in the past. The problem with the moves that were made in the past was that Dave Gettleman just let everybody walk out the door, Mm -hmm. right. You know, and you know, kicked them out the door. So those were the decisions that none of us liked. Right. So uh, that we made decisions just, this is the first time Herney has been on the same page as the fans or that our GM has been on the same page with the fans, with the decisions that they're making. So um, fantastic so far. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy about there being decisions made um, I'm glad, I, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I can't remember, um, where uh, you guys or somebody had said that you could see Herney making a big ticket, you know, purchasing free agent or uh, something as like a last ditch effort to save his job. So thankful he didn't do that. Um, and instead, he's playing this very analytically. And I think he's going to win a lot of points with Tepper this way, who's very analytical. So I, I once again, more can't be more thrilled with him. Once again, as Cody said earlier, we'll see how he handles the draft. But Cody, that so was far. me that said that he had to make a big splash to save his job, and I'm going to still stick with it. Matt Paradis was the splash. It just turns out it was a center, and it yeah. wasn't remarkably sexy. It wasn't this giant figure, but boy, was it a deal. The question is, he's coming off an injury, and will it work out? But now, what are the remaining, before we still got some cat calls to go, but where are the remaining holes as we go and we continue to go into this remainder of the free agency period? We've seen people in the chat room mention Trey Boston's name several times. Questions at the free safety position. The the idea is Galden, can he be enough? Will you address this in the draft? But another sneaky one is this, is that, Christian McCaffrey played like 100% of the snaps last year. We don't have any backup running back. Is this something that you trust with a rookie? Do you try to grab a veteran uh, just on a veteran deal? I've seen people saying Isaiah Crowell out there, right? So here, what are where are the remainder of the holes uh, that Herney can continue to look to fortify either before the draft or I won't say in the draft because it's so much speculation in the draft, but like we have, where are the real roster holes? Well, I, I do want to make it a point to say this. I, I would be disappointed if we brought in uh, a running back to be a number two behind McCaffrey because one, we already did this last year and we didn't use him anywhere near enough in, in CJ Anderson. 
But then also, if you look at the draft, every year there's always a sleeper running back pick that's even taken in the fourth and fifth round that just explodes onto the scene. It's, it's a position that's so abundant in the draft uh, that I, I don't, I don't want to spend any extra money on that. And frankly, as of right now, I don't even know that we have that money even to be able to spend. So I'm of the mindset that, yes, yeah, safety is um, a position of need for us. Um, I know Eric Berry is a name that's big out there right now. A lot of Panther fans would love to see Eric in a Panthers uniform. I would love that, too, if uh, health was proven. Way to too much money. Way too much yeah. money. It's not going well, to – okay. his name value alone is going to add a couple million dollars. But here's the deal. The he's, played, he's played – uh, three whole games in two years. What, he did have what, an ACL tear last year, I think. Yeah, so and and then you had an Achilles tendon the year before. I mean, the no, man it just was Achilles. That's what it was. That's what I meant to say. So, so what? What team in their right mind is going to give him Earl Thomas money? What? What Earl Thomas just just got paid with Baltimore? I just I don't see that. I don't uh, think he's going to command that type of money. I just think this is that ultimately his name value and the status that he's had will not let you sign him for the bargain bargain price that you kind of need at this point. I'm okay with us. I, I don't think we need anything desperate there at free safety now. Is Right now I'm thinking about just rounding it out I'm kind of interested in picking up a back at some point that while what happens if McCaffrey goes down? It is a thing that nobody wants to talk about. And I know that you can say, I just don't think picking up a fifth round draft pick, we've seen this coaching staff do enough in the past to make that uh, work. So CK, where do you go here? I mean, you're really banking on Christian McCaffrey playing every damn down. So, first and foremost, I challenge a lot, and I'm going to challenge that statement Good. of where don't he's come played. up here and agree. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he, he has he played a lot of snaps. Don't get me wrong. Um, I can't remember who wrote the article. It might have been Bill Voth. Um, put into perspective, he didn't touch the ball nearly as much as his snap count would lead you to believe. Um, he had a great year. He did get the ball more. But he actually got the ball less than most of North Turner's running backs do. So if you look at all the statistics that he has, uh, if you go back to North Turner's offenses, even even last year, some running backs got the ball, had more touches than Christian McCaffrey. So he may be on the field more. He did have over 100 catches, though. He did. He did. (laughs) I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, But from if you think about how he didn't run the ball as much as a lot of running backs do, you know, um, he was he was very very well played in my opinion. I think they played him very well. They did the right thing. They had a very good mixture of running and passing with his abilities to outrun um, and create that separation when he is trying to play uh, the pass. That is something that I think they did very well. But he didn't touch the ball. If you look at his touches compared to others, it wasn't astronomical. His time on the field was astronomical certainly, but. And I know that always brings more risk involved, but he wasn't touching the ball as much. So I don't believe that drafting uh, seventh round. Okay, I'll take a flyer on a on a running back certainly, but I don't think you should draft a running back very high. Right, that's um, why I think draft. we should go in free agency. I want to give a big shout out to Brian Wells coming in with a donation to the show in the super chat. You are a super chatter, 
Way to go. Cody, I want to say this, though. When it comes to um, Christian McCaffrey, is that, look, is that, yeah, is that we can we can dissect how many plays. He, well, first of all, he didn't ever take a nap. He never took a nap on the sidelines. He never, no. and, and we did get, was it Love that took the nap on the sidelines? <laughs> yeah, Kyle Love yeah, yeah. that he was not sleeping. Yeah, but 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 he never. And and sir, I I do agree. Is that like you can't just look at him as saying because he played a, he he played a hundred percent. He didn't play a hundred percent of snaps or something like ninety seven percent. It was like that, yeah. so insane. But for me, where he was ninety seven percent important to our offense last year. Whatever that means is is that like it's just that's the thing that is is wonderful about Christian McCaffrey is we're talking about a guy who's a a value that it's hard to even pinpoint at this moment. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. he draws attention, and it's in the pass game, it's in the run game, it's in all of this. But imagine the whole. The that would be left if anything, if he did have to take ten plays off, Jesus Christ, what do we do? <laughs> is it a lot? I mean, is is look? We've had cameras artists paying on the shelf. We know he's not the answer. We know the coaching staff. He slept with Ron Rivera's daughter. I think that's my theory. <laughs> but what the hell, Cody? Do you go and get somebody on a league minimum? that you know at least can carry the ball. But I feel a lot of running backs are able to do that. So, for example, our chat room is talking about Rodney Anderson, the the running back from Oklahoma, and he's a really good running back, and he's going to be available in the later rounds. Um, Even though Elijah Holyfield, uh, Evander Holyfield's son, even though uh, he had a bad combine uh, comparatively, uh, he he ran pretty slow, like a five, uh, I mean, not a five, a four, eight, or something around that range, but but the fact of the matter is, you're you're gonna draft him to be a bruiser. I mean, you and, and that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna put the hurt on people, and he has a great vision. Um, so listen, uh, we're talking about uh, am I so herny? And I gotta be honest with you, if we went out and spent money on a running back right now, uh, that to me that would be such a waste of money, especially when we just signed Elijah Hood. There are guys to be had later on in the draft. I'm just, I, I do not want to sign a running back for the life of me. I think that would be a bad move. And power backs, I mean, they're not hard to find. You know, it, it's not like we have to go out there and fill this, you know, desperate need on the football team. It's something that if you want to, you address it in between the, the, the fifth and, and sixth round. Because we have three picks there. So. Lynn, Lynn implying in the chat room that I crossed the line with the Cameron artist Payne sleeps with Ron Rivera's daughter. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's not the first time I've dropped it, though. It's not the first time I've dropped this one single comment. The idea is this. Is Cameron artist Payne averages like four yards a carry. Can't see the dang field. What is the reason Ron Rivera's daughter does work with the team? But listen, man, you are not the only one. Uh, Lynn had to put me... Uh, Put me in line on Twitter when I was talking about Colin Cowherd, and I might have made a remark Thank about you. his daughter. Right. Well, she, so. she keeps us. <laughs> she keeps us grounded. We get a yeah. little out of control, particularly in hour two. Particularly in hour two. All right, let's keep going with these calls. The cat. The cat calls line is number. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. 
Yeah, right. oh, Josh from Mass again. I just gotta say, yo, we caught that guy. Oh, we caught him. 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 We caught to me, that's a good pickup. I mean, he'll be, what, 31 this year or 32? And, you know, kind of puzzles me because I thought we was going towards the youth movement, but I don't know. But I think Bruce Irvin, I think he can cause some, some, some damage in NFC South. I know he played for the Falcons and everything. I know he won a ring with Seattle. and he Jim, plays head of the curve. Too. You know, so this dude, you know, is a good defensive end, and he played outside, you know, Three four linebacker. Notice I said three four, which makes me think. You guys' opinion? Do you think that was a pickup for the defensive line, or do you think that could be Shaq's replacement? That's the thing. That's the question I want to know. Uh, it's kind of awkward, but since we got him as defensive end, who are we gonna go? Who are we gonna go with in the first round of the draft? I still want the offensive tackle out of Alabama. Personally, that's who I want. You know, but if he's not there. Then I don't know, because in my opinion, we need a left tackle. They saying Taylor Moten can play left tackle, which he can, because he did it in the Baltimore game last season. If y'all remember, he did pretty good, you know, but he's better for the right side. The question is, who's going to play left guard? That's a question nobody's really, really, really talking about. I still want the left tackle from um, Alabama. So you guys give me your take on Bruce Irvin, because I think he'll be okay. He can teach Obata and all these, and these other you know, young defensive players, you know, how to get to the quarterback and get to the running back. Keep pounding. Cody, I think the question that comes out of that is less about Bruce Irvin. And, and while he did ask about Bruce Irvin, I think he's a stopgap. I think he is a helpful addition. And maybe the defense does uh, ch- change directions a little bit and you say, hey, we keep you around for a two-year deal maybe after this. But I think the real question we continue to come back to each and every week, it's been about money until this point, but now I think it's going to be about fit and long-term vision. Shaq Thompson, where do you see, I'll start with Cody and then go to CK after this, is that this is putting a lot, I think, on Shaq Thompson's plate, but deservedly so at this point. You're given a lot of responsibility. Where do you see, what do you see all of this meaning for Shaq Thompson in this defense? Well, I'm going to bounce this one over to CK because we have a, a low battery life problem. So uh, CK is, uh, it, it, I, I want to hear your opinion on this, man, because I saw your facial expression uh, kind of light up when um, when he mentioned uh, maybe even putting him where Shaq is. So, uh, yeah, take the floor, man. Well, I, to be honest, I think what's most exciting is his impact on F.A. Obata. Um I feel personally, FA could probably, um, as I feel like he has speed, I feel like he has a lot of upside. And I feel that hybrid role of an outside linebacker and a defensive end switching from a 4 3 to a 3 4 occasionally could be great for his progression in his career. So, honestly, the question about Bruce Irving was less about him, in my opinion, not even about Shaq Thompson. I feel like it's about the ability to develop. Uh, the talent we have on the team and the potential that is F.A. Obata. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Brian Cox Jr. too. 
Exactly. I mean, there's just so many, there's so many things that we have on our team that just are almost there that I think that we put the right pieces in place. Peppers can very, you know, could have very well been a great uh, teacher, but at the same time, I don't know if Peppers, um, his, his play style is going to fit with F.A. Obata was one, you know, his abilities and what his athleticism is meant for. Um, but the thing I will say as a Panthers fan um, and all the Panthers fans that came into this offseason so depressed because of how the season went, there's things to be excited about. There's things, this move, these moves that we've seen just in the past week, week and a half, even before that with the uh, Reed signing, that gives us something to be excited about. So there's something to praise. Um, draft is coming around the corner. Um, I will be there, you know, celebrating with you guys on the live show. So uh, hope to see you guys there. So everybody in the chat room, I appreciate y'all letting me uh, kind of steal the show for a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. I'm going to hop off. Y'all have a good one. Keep pounding, guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks bye. Thanks, CK. Shout out to CK. Go ahead, Cody, on this uh, right here. What we're talking about is he brings up a great point is that Bruce Irvin uh, said that Brian Cox Jr. was a guy that he was really interested in and helping on this roster. But ultimately, what we've seen is some distinct moves in free agency that were necessary. I think that's where we're going to – that I feel like we're going to close on on that point because what I do want to get to and what I know you're itching to get to oh, I'm Jones is what you've asked every person that's come on and in the midst of this is that is all these exciting news and free agency coming back and Cody still his first question to all the guests almost is where are you going in the draft? What does this mean? So now I think this is exciting news. The Panthers and maybe the most exciting news about Marty Herney. We've said this over and over tonight is the preparation, what he is doing to set himself up in the draft. We have each and every week. We felt like there was a must need position, but now we're in a position to where we can do whatever. Cody, you listed your top 100 players this week on the Draft Network. I've been looking at the draft prospects on drafttech.com. Give us somebody that you're scouting this week for us that could be a big help for the Carolina Panthers. And particularly, I think whoever you suggest might be a great fit in this hybrid-like defense. Absolutely, man. I've been waiting so long to do this, and it's kind of a throwback because when I first started calling into the Cat Calls line, this is what I was doing, and we are premiering our Better Know a Potential Panthers draft pick. And tonight, even though we've been saying build the wall, and we're definitely going to be looking at some offensive tackles later on down the road too, but tonight we are previewing none other than the man himself, Montez Sweat, defensive end out of Mississippi State. And the man is just that, a man amongst boys. Six foot, six inches tall, 260 pounds. He is a long-armed defensive end that can disengage off the blocks and get them to disrupt the quarterback. He's dominant at the point of attack. He isn't as bendy as you might like, but he has the counters and the strength to be able to go in and uh, and really make up for that. But it does illustrate Ben. Um, it's just not as consistent as you would like. But on a play like this, 
you see he is always making an effort to the football. He never takes a play off, and he is the kind of player that as soon as you put him on the field, he makes your defensive line better because he is always after the football, looking to make a play all the time. The man is an animal, and you see it right there. Montez Sweat uh, is a great football player, and you see even after he false starts, uh, he was able to still run down the running back and take him down, take him out of the play. He has range. He's a sideline to sideline player who is, I mean, put him on the outside and he's going to run a running back down all the way to the end of the play. He's never stonewalled outright by an offensive tackle or a guard. He uses that arm length to be able to disengage. I love him as a prospect. He might even be a top 10 pick, but it just came out that similar to Curtis Samuel last year, he has a an irregular heartbeat. And so, Star Latula, well, actually, maybe Star Latula lay right. had it wasn't even a, it wasn't an irregular heartbeat. It was like he was sick. He had some sort of virus that made them think that. But that was what I was going to go to. Was Panthers God FSU twenty three says Sweat will go in the top ten after he ran that insane forty time at the combine. He's been shooting up the draft boards since the senior bowl how do you does the heart issue really affect his draft stock or have teams um maybe kind of uh found a little you know they've seen other guys go through this to where they're not as off put as maybe they were when star was in the draft and fell from a top three pick to the panthers i think at like 13 or something and it's honestly so dependent on the player. Because, for example, last year, uh, Maurice Hurts, he was a defensive tackle out of Michigan. And and he was absolutely, um, I mean, a, a surefire first-round pick. And uh, he fell really hard in the drafts all the way to the sixth round to Oakland. So uh, this is, um, it, it, it depends on the player. It depends on the kind of person that you're going to be drafting. Um, and, and what, what his heart, um, you know, how much of a problem doctors foresee the issue being. So I, I don't personally know, um, specifically with Montez, how hard he's going to be falling. Uh, I do know that based off of his tape, um, you know, really there's a log jam between Cleveland Farrell, Brian Burns, and Montez Sweat. People are kind of, up and down on putting one over the other and who they value more. Um, Montez Sweat has been considered, um, you know, one of the best defensive ends in the draft for a while. But, you know, th- this draft is so fun because you have no idea who is going to fall where and, and, and what uh, teams are going to draft offensive linemen or defensive linemen or any of these um, uh, talented uh, running back prospects, Devin White out of LSU or Devin Bush. So it really is up in the air right now. He's still in our range to be able to draft. And he's personally someone that I love and I'm excited about. Michael Jones said, did you see Sweat throw up that Julius Peppers swim technique? And Brock Morgan, Farrell is good if Sweat is gone. Uh, Sweat, if Sweat and them are both available at 16, Sweat. Now for me, this is, I look at Sweat. And I see a skinny guy. 
I'm always uh, is that here are these guys, but he's so fast is that I don't know if 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 we're going to be distracted by the 40 time. And is he going to be somebody that you could stand up? I mean, with that speed, you would think so. You would think he could be a Vic Beasley type guy that you're going to use in that way or Quentin Copels. Maybe if you go back to when he was first drafted was a guy that right. they thought was going to be. Uh, more that could do both things for me the thing though is that you hear the heart issue and potentially him dropping down the draft board after we had curtis samuel get a damn heart surgery in the middle of the season and come back i'm and we saw star come come uh, have these whatever these concerns i almost feel like that's exaggerated where i'm more concerned is damn the feral's toe the no, turf toe. The turf toe. He barely even do his pro day. It, okay, but uh, okay. So tell me, tell me why it's fine, then, because okay, big man and feet are scary. Okay, no, let me tell you exactly why it's fine though. Uh, his uh, in three years, Clayton Farrell has not missed a snap for the Clemson Tigers. Okay, this is a turf toe thing. He played through it a bit at the end of the season. But it's one of those things things that just needs time to heal. It's not a chronic injury. That's not something that's going to plague him long term. Cleveland Farrell will be good to go, I promise you. One of the things that you did mention earlier about Montez Sweat was, was his play weight. And maybe he uh, doesn't have enough weight on him to play the position. Well, that's why his combine was so important. Because he played at around 245 pounds. And a lot of people were wondering, well, if you put more weight on that body, is that going to slow him down or take some of the juice off? At the combine, he weighed 260 pounds and still ran like a 442. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he ran like yeah, a wide receiver. His legs and, just and- look skinny to me, but good God, who needs a defensive end? That can run as fast as Odell Beckham Jr. I might say this: just make him. Can you, if we draft him, can we play him on both sides of the ball? I mean, I wouldn't do it because you play him Christian McCaffrey 100 percent of the snaps. Just put him on half and half. I have a defensive end. I want someone that sets the edge and beats the hell out of the quarterback, and that's what you would draft Montez Sweat to do. I mean, yeah, if you wanted to put him somewhere, somewhere else, maybe tie in on some, you know, J.J. Watt type plays when they used to do that to him. But but another thing to mention is that his frame has the potential to be even heavier. So he might put on some more weight. And and, still be fast as lightning. And and still be fast and powerful. So that's another thing to consider. Put him in an NFL strength and conditioning program, and you might not have seen the best out of him. He could eat himself into a damn coma and still be faster than half of the NFL. With that damn 40 time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so is that he's a freak. If he falls below 10, I, I would be amazed if he falls out of the top 10. If he does, I would say jump on him, jump on him. Cook, good Lord, is that if he falls outside of the uh, if he, if he's there at sixteen, there's only one thing President Obama would say. That's good news, people. That's good news. 
So that's a, you're listening. Look, Cody comes on to the show. He he starts out by calling into the show. Get to better know a potential Panthers draft pick, and now he's the linchpin of the C three Panthers podcast. The producer. He's got a lot of good stuff to bring to us each and every week. We appreciate that, Cody. We've talked about all of the free agency. We can continue to drone on. Any last thoughts about what we need to talk about before we ice some mugs up? I mean, really, you know, it's one of the, I think the biggest takeaway from all this news by far is that we are now in a better position to take best player available. Do we need a defensive end? Yes, but we're not solely dependent on Montez Sweat, who was just previewed at Cleveland Farrell or Rashawn Gary to fall into our hands. We don't have to have one of those guys. We don't have to have... And the same at offensive tackle. Yeah. The same at right. tackle. And it would, be, it would be nice to have any of them. but and, and we probably might still end up with a player like that, uh, you know, to be able to continue to grow and, 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 you know, learn under this Panthers organization. But as of right now, the fact that we ha- we're more versatile – with Bruce Irvin, we have a defensive end that can put his hand in the dirt and stand up, and he can rush the passer. I mean, and that's what you want him to do. He's versatile. And when you consider Daryl Williams as another signing for the Panthers, we're in a position to be able to be versatile. We have options on both sides of the offensive and defensive line. And now our draft is up in the air. The Panthers and their scouts can put together a big board and they can go best player available like you want to do in the draft. So overall, I'm elated. I love it. I'm happy, man. I could not be happier at this point in the offseason. Yeah, right now is that we uh, are, are getting excited here. I think I saw someone put on Twitter that is that if there were real concerns about Cam Newton Kyle Allen and uh, whatever the other dude that I can't remember his name is, they would, yeah, Heineke would not be, yeah, is that these guys would not be the answer if there was real concerns here. Is right now I I was I was a little worried in some ways that it was going to take a lot to reboot the Panthers in some ways, but right now I'm starting to think that we're really positioning ourselves to be contenders and that's before the draft. So you make some noise in the draft and all of a sudden Panthers are back. I like what we've done in this off season two years in a row. I've been telling y'all Herney has been solid, man. He has been uh, better than average. His draft. I mean, there's nothing to be upset with at this point. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Uh, We want you to be a continued part of the show. You can do that by participating in the chat room. Shout out to Underground West, Batiste Man, Michael Jones, Brock Morgan, Trill One, Josh from Mass. Uh, Everybody that has been called into the cat calls line. There's so many people that have been a part of the show. We appreciate it. You can be a part of that by joining in the chat room, by calling into the cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. If you want to like donate to the show, that's cool. There have been so many people that have given money tonight, and that is awesome. Uh, but really, the biggest donation you can do is by smashing that thumbs up button, by telling a friend uh, about the podcast, and really just tuning in back next week. 
we're really just trying to grow one we're trying to expand the panther fan base people criticize us about being a small small market we're trying to change that we're trying to be look we haven't missed a podcast in six years dude i mean we're we're in our sixth season five years Every Tuesday night, we come in here, and if we aren't here on a Tuesday night, we make up for it on a Wednesday. So we appreciate your help with that. Cody, let's jump in in this, is that what we need to do is finish hey, one up. more thing, one yeah, more thing. Apologies to Legacy Land. You know we love you, but we're vulgar sometimes. We're dudes. We're red-blooded males. I know. We say some funny stuff. She keeps but us we still love you. Yeah, we still love you. You're our, you're our C3 mom, and that'll never change. But yeah, I thanks mean, for the- Mama Dean's in there, but Lynn, Lynn knows that, uh, first of all, I've been thinking about Lynn a ton lately, um, and, and you know, it's hard to tell people uh, what you, you know, I mean, who you care about. Well, I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. All I know is that you've been on my heart. Um, at, look, and we all have been going through a lot of stuff in our lives. My wife got a, a sizable car wreck yesterday. So all of this is that like all of these things are going on in our lives. Like now we are, thank God my wife is, is safe. She was not injured. So like, I'm not trying to get sappy. Uh, you know, I hope, you know, people reaching out and all of that is that I just know that we are all going through things in our life all the time. Look, Joe was on the show. It was supposed to be on the show tonight. He's not here. I hope everything's okay with him, but we all got a ton going on and look, this is how we is we we decompress a little bit here on the show. We we have a good time together. And Lynn, uh, everybody who's going through something is that that's what we're trying to do is we're just trying to have fun, lighten the load a little bit on life and talk a little Panthers football. So shout out to everybody. Absolutely. Lynn, I know that there's an important date coming up just in seven, I think seven days uh, to you. And we'll be you'll be in my prayers. So. Uh, thanks for keeping us in line. But now we're about to get out of line. <laughs> we <laughs> try to ice somebody up. Lynn, I cannot guarantee that this will not be uh, rowdy. Nah, is we'll keep it together. <laughs> Cody, are you itching or should I go I mean, first? I can, I, can, I, can, I can go first. I can back stand up, man. Whatever you want me to do. Jump in there. Go ahead. All right, let's do it. So we're going to go to Manitoba, Canada. And the minute that I tell you that somebody decided to burglarize a vape store, you know Mm. these people are unmitigated idiots, man. (laughs) Two people broke into a place called the Flamingo, and they (laughs) they, they decided, hey, man, they they were gonna they were gonna get them some stuff, man. They were gonna break into to all these different things. Look at this guy. He's trying to open this case. Can't do it like an idiot. It ends up shattering the whole damn thing. Yeah. Like an absolute got it. Got moron. It. Like an absolute moron. Oh, but it doesn't the fun does not stop there, man. Because then, you know, if you see a laptop and you're trying to pull it. Well, hey, maybe see if it's connected to something. Well, it never goes through this guy's mind. He's going to pull the laptop. It's connected to the charger. And his <laughs> first, the, the first thing that goes through his mind is, oh, I better pull a little bit harder and uh, and see if that will make it go. The, the, it, they're absolute idiots. I have one more clip. You know, I mean, hey, if you can't open stuff, well, just break this shit. 
Just yeah, well, take I mean, a sledgehammer. You are breaking right, in, you know, so par for yeah, course. Yeah, you're breaking. And and listen, you can tell they have no idea what they're doing. They're they're not even stealing stuff of value, according to the report. But to their credit, they're still at large. So what do we know, right? Low stakes. Um, but, Low stakes. Listen, eventually they will be caught and we will make fun of them until the end of time because they are idiots. And it is to people like this that I say, ice up, son. All right. Ice up to you, vaporized steel. You know, is that I have gone two weeks without uh, smoking a cigarette and I did not smoke a ton Right, is that I could it was a couple three three or four a day, but it had been going on a while where it was be- becoming habitual. It was hard to quit, and uh, it still is hard to quit. But I tell you this is that um, I, I was not going to replace it with vaping. I don't need new bad habits. But I tell you, someone who smokes cigarettes is way cooler than someone who smokes fake cigarettes. So y'all and y'all candy. <laughs> All right. So uh, now it's time for my ISO pick. I need you to play a little something for me. Cause yeah. I, I've been on this Twitter game for a minute. I've been working hard. In fact, Panther nasty was my second Twitter follower. Steve Daner was my first Twitter follower. I'm over 6,000 deep, but I know and interact with my, the very first two, so, with thinking about that, let's cue this up, Cody. <laughs> well, how is it that every day uh, there's conservatives that are being banned? So, you know, look, they don't want to call it shadow banning. That's fine. They can call it whatever they want to call it. But the fact of the matter is, is people could not see my tweets. Okay. So now, but if you move forward, if you get emails from Twitter, it's constantly left-wing stuff. It's constantly fake news stuff. So I think if Twitter wants to be in the public square and they don't want to be a content developer, they should come clean, give us all your algorithms. How is it possible that I can be attacked relentlessly hundreds of times a day by fake accounts that they claim in their, in their terms of service should not be there? So I guarantee you, if I put something out that was sexually explicit or attack someone personally, they would they would stop it. They would say this is a sensitive tweet. They, they never did that to any of the people that that were coming after me or other conservatives. So. All right. So, Lynn, you might want to close your ears for a second. <laughs> Just one second. Not even that much. Is that Nunez, who was uh, a little uh, a little errand boy, he held on to the pocket of Donald Trump early on. And I know that people don't like because they feel like we're overly harsh on the the right and stuff like this. This isn't a political thing. Hey, Nunez, you dick face. All right, Lynn, you can turn your stuff back up. Is that I've been on Twitter pounding that pavement for five or six years now, earning every single ass follower. And it's not the algorithm that's the problem, brother. The reason people don't see your tweets is nobody gives a shit. And that is what Twitter's algorithm has realized is that ultimately it knows to show the tweets that people care about to certain people. Now, you can say it's shadow this, shadow that. No. Well, you know what? I'm joining the class action lawsuit with you. 
Twitter, you have show us your algorithm because the C3 because at cat underscore chronicles has not gotten the traction that other handles have. Is what just shut up. Is that it's not anybody hiding anything from you? Is that nobody's liking your tweets? Nobody's retweeting it. And I would say this in the face of that. Why don't you have something good to say? Because I, today, might have had my most successful tweet in the history of my whole account. Right now, I'm at 33 retweets and 233 likes on my Twitter, on my tweet about Marty Herney doing work. That, folks, it, it took me five years to get to this point. So, no, I'm not suing Twitter, you asshole. Nobody gives a crap. That's why you ain't getting seen. It's not the algorithm. It's you. Eyes up. Eyes up. And also, who is who's shielded from Twitter trolls? Like, that isn't a part of the experience. You're on Twitter. <laughs> Sometimes you say some dumb shit and people jump down your throat. That's kind of what Twitter is. He I said if I showed to... naked uh, women that they would retweet me. Yes. Yeah. Yes, if it I was might, sexually explicit, we would him. give a shit. Yeah, I, w- I would retweet him if, if he showed some naked women. But I'm not now because he's, he's a little bit so. Yeah, it's up to him. Just like David, I heard also David Newton was trying to sell orchestra tickets on Twitter recently by accident. That ESPN David Newton is that? It was that this. It was somebody just tweeted tweeted back. Is like I think that this was supposed to be a text message. (laughs) 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 uh, All right. All right, you're uh, listening okay. to the C3 Panthers podcast. Sorry that I make people uh, a little upset. I thank uh, you guys. Actually, not for making you upset. I thank you so much for keeping us grounded because, you know, we get so wild up here, we lose our damn jobs. That's how. <laughs> Calm down. I shouldn't have used my real name when I told you guys that this is with the the C3 Panthers podcast. My name's Tony Dunn. It's not my real name. It's a different Tony Dunn. The cooler one. The one that Twitter cares about in the algorithm. The one that you're going to like. The one that you're going to subscribe and follow and tell a friend about and join us next Tuesday night. Maybe even call in at 252-228-5098. Not the uncool Tony, but the cool Tony Cody Lashney, the one that the algorithm cares about, how can they follow you? Hey, I'm not Cody Lashney, man. I'm Marcio Sanchez. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, um, at C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, Cody Lack on Twitter. Um, just recently, I put out my top 100 players. Um, I put out my top 100 players, and I put that out on Twitter. Um, it's my pinned tweet if you want to check that out. Um, you know I love the draft stuff, so hit me up if you want to talk about players or if there's a player that you want my opinion on that you want me to look at. I'll do that for you. And tomorrow there is a brand new mock draft on drafttech.com. Uh, tomorrow will be the last draft that there are no longer comments or that there aren't comments on the first and the second round picks. Every Wednesday from uh, not tomorrow but next Wednesday all the way to the draft, first and second round picks will all have comments describing why that pick was made 
for the Carolina Panthers. I love you, fools. Until next Tuesday. Happy belated birthday, Candy. And uh, from all of you, I have to say, this is uh, Donny Toon signing out <laughs> on the C3 <laughs> Panthers podcast. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>